I primarily work with people who are struggling to get more comfortable with touch. People who want to figure out how to engage in touch and not have it be a sexual thing. Or people who want to get more comfortable, like stating their boundaries and things like that and need a safer space for that. Need a space where they get to ask for a massage or ask to hold hands and know that it's not leading anywhere because we've made these agreements. Welcome to Wild and Sublime, a sexy spin on infotainment, no matter your preferences, orientation, or relationship style. Based on the popular live Chicago show, each week I'll chat about sex and relationships with citizens from the world of sex positivity. You'll hear meaningful conversation, dialogues that go deeper, and information that can help you become more free in your sexual expression. I'm sex educator Karen Yates. Today we talk with platonic touch practitioner Sean Coleman about the benefits of cuddling and asking for what you need. Keep listening. If you're a Wild and Sublime fan and love what we do, consider joining the Afterglow, our Wild and Sublime community on Patreon. You get a bonus Q&A session with experts every month where you get to ask the questions, my unvarnished audio creator notes, shoutouts, and more, all starting for as little as $5 a month. If a monthly membership is not your thing, consider throwing a few bucks in the tip jar in appreciation for our work. I love those tips. More info is in the show notes. You heard in the intro, I am talking today to a platonic touch practitioner, and you might have thought, huh? Well, you know, touch does lead typically to sex, and understanding how we relate to touch or not is a pretty important skill. Some of you may know that when you cuddle with someone you care about, your body releases a hormone called oxytocin that calms you and lowers the stress hormone called cortisol. And that also helps with your immune response. Babies who are cuddled by their parents may cry less, sleep better, and have improved brain functioning. We're also gonna be talking about cuddle parties, which have been in vogue now for over a decade. The cuddle party is not new. In the 1920s, there were cuddle parties, too, that in some circles were called snuggle pupping. Snuggle pupping. But these were more like low-key makeout parties and went hand-in-hand with women's newfound liberation, at least the liberation in 1920s American terms. The cuddle parties of today are platonic and they are events designed with the intention of allowing people to experience non-sexual physical intimacy through cuddling. Coaches involved in one-on-one cuddling and platonic touch help people navigate how to be okay with negotiating physical boundaries and asking for what they want. With the vaccine in hand and perhaps cuddling events on the horizon, I thought it would be nice to air these interviews with one of my favorite people in the Chicago sex-positive scene. Sean Coleman is a platonic touch practitioner, facilitator, and connection coach. Sean has been on our live show twice, on our very first show, October 10th, 2018, and then a year later on our first anniversary at Constellation in Chicago. You'll be hearing both segments today. I begin by asking Sean what a professional cuddler actually does. 
So a professional cuddler is someone who gets paid to cuddle, to snuggle, to hug, and engage in other types of non-sexual or platonic touch by the hour, basically. We are in a society where touch is very much frowned upon, where it can be something that's off limits in you know, the workplace or in certain organizations and things like that. It's something that can be scary, you know, in terms of people being fearing accusations or misunderstandings and things like that. And all of that kind of leads to a place where people feel like they can't touch anyone unless they're really good friends or unless they're in a romantic relationship. And even with good friends, a lot of times there's that fear that this person is going to think that it's something that it's not or the massage is going to lead to more. And so it's helpful, I think, to have people in the society like myself who can offer foot rub that's just a foot rub, or who can hold hands you know is just holding hands, and it's not progressing to something more because we've established where the line is. Right, and you talk about some of the interviews I've seen with you, how cuddling, being a professional cuddler, you can help folks work with boundaries mm -hmm. and also reestablish power in themselves after something happens to them. Can you talk yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking about that. Yeah, boundaries are something that are often tested in our society. A lot of times people feel like they don't have the space to say no to different things when they are asked and when requests are made. They feel like they might be, you know, experiencing something that's basically a, a demand of disguise mm. or whatever. And mm. so they might not, especially in um, situations where they don't have as much power, like with, you know, a boss or someone like that or with a parent, like they don't feel like they can say no. Things like give grandma a hug, you know, <laughs> or like very common things, even with children. And we start with that and we're, we kind of learn that you know, we should be polite, that we should be nice, we should be friendly, and we're not as much encouraged to say no to people, to establish where our, our line is around touch. And so I invite people to figure out what it is that they actually want and to um, own that no in, you know, different settings and doing that within a safe space, like, you know, with me in a one-on-one -on -one session or in a cuddle event can help them to then be able to own their no or ask for what they want in different settings as well. Yeah, I mean, like, kids are always, there's a sort of enforced touch that happens yeah. with kids. I mean, if you don't want to mm -hmm. hug grandma or kiss grandpa, you're sort of, like, forced into it mm -hmm. situations a lot of times. So cuddle events, yeah. like, what does that look like? Like, you get together, is it like a cocktail cuddle thing? <laughs> good question. What goes on at these cuddling events? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, do you wear your best lingerie? <laughs> you know you don't, but I love that question. Uh, no, no, it, um, it's a substance-free event, and so we definitely discourage people from bringing any type of alcohol or coming and attending while intoxicated or, you know, any type of drugs or other substances as well. And it's an opportunity to connect authentically, to open up with other folks and to share our truth, to ask for the type of touch that we want in a, you know, that's in a friendly platonic environment. And you're, you can wear like, you can wear sweatpants, you can wear pajama pants, things like that. So uh, show, let's, let's show folks. Let's yeah, show folks. absolutely. 
Yeah, because a lot of people feel like if they're going to go to a professional cuddling session or if they're doing like a cuddle event or something like that, they feel like they have to come in and the second they hit the door, they have to be ready to spoon somebody. But it's like, <laughs> like you don't. Yeah, because right? I mean, like I'm thinking about I'm thinking about creepy people. Exactly. It's the first thing I'm like, oh, right. God, there's gonna be really creepy people. Huh? Right, and so it's like there. I mean, like I, I don't know your life. I don't know how you feel about people, but there may be people who you know you think are great or wonderful right off and there may be people who you think are not so great right off regardless you never have to touch anyone at any point for any reason it's all about consent okay so what does that look like so yeah okay so let's say let's say i don't know you yeah okay yeah, absolutely and let's say let's say you're you've got a creepy vibe because you don't have a creepy vibe <laughs> okay okay, okay. Right. I have a lot of opportunity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And so you want me to pretend to yeah, ask so. you for something? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So, Karen, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, that um, didn't really sound like you were into it. Which is totally cool. So I'm actually going to change my mind. And yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to, to nod. But thank you so much, though, for your response. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so I just noticed that like, you were sort of forced to interpret my, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what if I say, what if I say no? So if you say no, then I'll just simply say, thank you for taking care of yourself. And I'll probably go find someone else to cuddle. <laughs> because basically thanking someone for taking care of themselves means you're not going to get in some gross little situation. Right. You're like, oh, phew, I... I dodged that bullet. <laughs> right? Because I definitely don't want that. That does not sound like fun. Like me cuddling you while you're just giving this face and feeling all <laughs> out. Like, well, thank you. And so everything gets like just hammered out. Like I want to touch your hand. I want to can I, can I put my arm around you. Right. And like in every detail as much as people can. So it goes beyond just like, you know, can I put my hand on your shoulder, if I want to actually give you like a shoulder massage, I need, then need to check in again and be like, hey, can I, you know, can I start massaging your okay. shoulder and maybe, you know, move down um, to the middle of your back? Is that okay? Just trying to check in as much as possible. And one of the things that some of my facilitator friends will say is if it feels like you're checking in way too much, you're doing it right. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I've been with folks that check in an awful lot and it's very nice. It's a very nice thing. It really is. Yeah, it feels kind of liberating, honestly, to know not only are people going to ask, but that your no is going to be respected mm -hmm. and that you have the right also to change your mind. So, right. like, kind of see someone else doing the thing that person proposed and you were kind of uncertain and you get to feel into it, think about it later. And then you can ask them later if you want, or maybe you can ask someone else if that person's not available. We'll return to more of my chat with Sean Coleman in a moment. Wild and Sublime is also sponsored in part by our Sublime supporter, Chicago-based Full Color Life Therapy. Therapy for all of you at fullcolorlifetherapy.com. If you would like to be a Sublime supporter, showcasing you and your business and supporting us at the same time, contact us at info at wildandsublime.com. We now return to my interview with Sean Coleman. October 2019 in Chicago, the second time Sean was on the show. We discuss embodied consent and Sean's facilitation of group events for people of color and gender minorities. So, Sean, I thought it would be really great to have you on the show because we're going to be talking about sex parties and sex clubs later and dungeons and things like that. And it would be nice to just talk a little bit about platonic touch. Mm. So one of the things you're involved with 
is embodied consent. And I would love for you to chat about that for a second, because I think most people think, especially in this day and age, that consent is like a verbal thing. It's like a yes, no thing. But you work with consent in an embodied way. And what does that mean? Yeah, so we think of consent as being somewhat straightforward. Like, you know, if you're a yes, you get to say yes. And, you know, if you're a no, you get to say no. And you ask for permission, et cetera, et cetera. But for a lot of us, we don't really know when we are yes. And we, when we are, no, because we've been taught to kind of ignore some of the signals in our bodies. We've been taught to kind of ignore some of the feelings that we have so that we can either be nice, you know, or so that we can like make other people happy and things like that. And so embodied consent is about really listening to your body, noticing when it's like, maybe you're uncomfortable with something and maybe like you haven't got to that place of being able to say no, but you're kind of just like, you're sweating or you're like shutting down and like withdrawing versus like being open and like accepting of the idea, maybe excited about it, you know? So you can, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you can be aroused and not in a place of embodied consent. Oh, totally. And can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, our bodies are complicated. Our feelings and our emotions are complicated in general, and especially um, for people who have had experiences with trauma or have had experiences when their no has been ignored or their desires have not been honored. So... What do you do with clients one-on-one exactly? And who are the type of folks that usually come to see you to work one-on-one? Yeah. So as you mentioned, like I really do greatly enjoy working with queer folks and I really enjoy working with people of color and with touch-averse folks. And a lot of people think of like uh, platonic touch practitioners or like uh, professional cuddlers, which is another name for the uh, profession, as being people who like, you know, give you those hugs when you really need those hugs or like who are snuggling all day with lonely folks. And like that definitely is part of the job as well. But for me, I primarily work with people who are struggling to get more comfortable with touch. People who want to figure out how to engage in touch and not have it be a sexual thing. Or people who want to get more comfortable like stating their boundaries and things like that and need a safer space for that. Need a space where they get to ask for a massage or ask to hold hands and know that it's not leading anywhere because we've made these agreements because it is a professional session. And so typically in the session that I'm having, a lot of times it's a lot of talking about consent, a lot of Mm -hmm. talking about connection, a lot of talking about, you know, what could help people to get to a place where they do feel comfortable stating that no, or they do feel comfortable talking about their boundaries, and then perhaps engaging in some touch, but it being very specific. So, you know, there might be some talk of like, can I hold your hand? And then we might hold hands and like sit and chat a little bit more, or we might eye gaze and things like that. We might spend half an hour where we're just like holding hands and eye gazing in some cases and where the person is just like practicing saying no to some of the requests that I have just so they can get that verbal practice. Or they might make some requests of me so that they can get the practice of like, you know, of saying that and like honoring some of the desires that they might have and some of the things they might want to do in a, non, in a platonic or non-sexual setting. Yeah, because what I'm thinking of like is, I bet there might be some folks in the audience thinking like, oh, I don't have a problem with this. but. It does occur to me, though, if someone is codependent, right, is a people pleaser and is always saying yes, 
there's that next layer of understanding, like, what's really going on in my body? We live at this, like, level of, like, yes, uh uh-huh, I can do that. Yep, it's okay. But, like, to sink down to that deeper level, Hmm. it takes some doing for all of us, I think, right? Yeah, I I definitely agree. I know for me, it was something that, like, I was saying yes to people and going along with a lot of stuff without realizing how harmful it was to me and how much I didn't want to actually do the thing that I was saying yes to. Right. And it helped a lot, you know, going to different group cuddle events and things like that and being in a space where people gave me like the little physical space to say no, you know, and like they would ask for a hug over here instead of like asking if they could have a hug while they were like yeah. over me, yeah, yeah. you know? So that helped a lot. Also for me, like meditation, like doing like body scan meditations and things like that, like noticing the sensations in my body, being more aware of things like my, my breathing, being more aware of my shoulders and their placement, like noticing when my shoulders were a little bit raised or when they were lower, noticing when like I was sitting back a bit or when I was right. moving forward. Like all those types of things helped me to have a greater understanding of what was actually occurring in my body because the body knows. You the know, body like knows. Even sometimes when like we intellectually might not know or we might like be dealing with a lot of complicated emotions, our body still very much knows what's going on yeah. and sends us those signals. And I just invite people to really listen to them. So basically, you know, working one-on-one is sort of like training wheels. Yeah. Because you're not always going to be with a partner that's going to, it's going to be vibing mm-hmm. with you on that level that you need to uh, be vibed with on. Totally. So, <laughs> love um. yeah. so like, yeah, when you, when you do like work one-on-one, then you get that practice and then you get to figure out like what it is that you can ask for, right. what it is that you can, you know, negotiate so that if you are with a partner who might not have that same understanding or who might not be coming at it from the same place, then you can ask for what you need. Now, you create basically cuddle events Mm -hmm. for people of color and also queer, non-binary, and trans folks. Mm -hmm. And I would first like you to talk about your events for people of color when you do a cuddle event. What brought you to begin doing, doing events for people of color? Yeah, it's just something where, like, over the years, I repeatedly would have people of color, like, private message me and ask me if, like, other people of color came to these events. They basically want to know if this was some white shit, you know, (laughs) and if they were going to be the only one that was there. Because it's like it's hard enough, I think, to go to a group cuddle event or engage like in this way. You know, it's hard enough to to get past the like the anxiety or the uncertainty that might come up when thinking about going to an event like this. And then if you add the extra layer of like I might be the only one who is X then it just makes it all the more harder. And so that's also why I started like doing like the ones for like queer women and trans folks, because it's like I want to have a space where people can feel a little bit more at ease being around people who would get at least some aspect of their identity that other folks around them might not get. Right, it takes off that one layer of pressure. Yes. For both groups, absolutely. And you also now have a bunch of YouTube videos talking yeah. about all of this, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. May I hug you? Absolutely. <laughs> For more information on Sean Coleman and Sean's YouTube videos, go to the show notes. Like cuddling, which brings awareness to communication patterns, the work I do in biofield tuning, an energy medicine that uses sound waves to repattern distortions in the human bioelectric field, can help you get out of stuck behaviors and become more aware of different choices. If you are interested in working with me in person or remotely, 
or to learn about my weekly group biofield tuning sessions on Zoom, go to karen-yates.com to learn all about this very cool energy modality. The link is in the show notes. Well, that's it for this week's episode, folks. Have a very pleasurable week. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who might be interested in this episode, send it to them. Do you like what you heard? Then give us a nice review on your podcast app. You can follow us on social media at Wild and Sublime and sign up for newsletters at wildandsublime.com. I'd like to thank associate producer Julia Williams and design guru Jean-Francois Gervais. Theme music by David Ben Porat. This episode was edited by the Creative Imposter Studios. Our media sponsor is Rebellious Magazine, Feminist Media, at rebelliousmagazine.com. 